This is the last Wednesday without Major League Baseball. This is the last day for the next seven months where we will have a day of no Major League Baseball. And I couldn't be more excited. By this time tomorrow, we should be in the second inning of the Nationals-Mets game on ESPN. Um, there are games 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and 10 o'clock tomorrow on ESPN. And I think it's going to be very, very interesting. Um, as we talked about last night with Nick from Twin Talk Yanks, Lucas Lukey is that 26-man roster spot. So the 26 is done. The 26 was gone. Um, Boone also re-reconfirmed again because, you know, Aaron Judge just has such a history that he is fine. He will be in the lineup tomorrow. But I'm just going to be that guy. Until I see him take the field, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't give you the benefit of the doubt. I, I just can't. And the Houston Rockets tonight come to Brooklyn. So James Harden was in Houston last month. Now he'll get to face his former team in Brooklyn. That's very good. And apparently KD apologized to Michael Rappaport. And the NBA is going to investigate this. But because he's Kevin Durant, he's not going to get released by the Nets. He's probably not going to face that much of a punishment. But it's not okay to threaten anybody. And... And sure, would we all like to believe that what's said in the DM stays private? But just like Michael K said today on the Michael K show, it's up to that particular person to where if they want to do that or not. And sure, could some people say that Michael Rappaport is a snitch? Sure, if you've got that old school mentality, that, that thug mentality, sure, why not? But hey... Kevin Durant doesn't get to say snitch, and no one really should say snitch because you can't leave threats, whether it's idle or not, serious or not. You, you can't let that go. Even if it's said in a joking way. If Even if I was dead joking, and of course James wouldn't take it seriously, but if I told James, I'm going to kill you, even if James knows I'm joking, he should take that at somewhat serious. Because why would anyone tell anybody, I'm going to kill you? What's that going to do with yourself? Is that really a joke? So, it's just one of these things that, uh, you know, Kevin Durant, maybe he should get suspended. Like, when he's okay to play, for something like this, you gotta do something. So, I... I would suspend them five games. And I tell them, look, with the information that's out there, don't go to the PA. Just just sit the five. Because if you fight us on this, it'll be worse. And then I'll probably say, okay, I'll take the five. And maybe, and maybe Kevin Durant, be a little easier on social media. You are Kevin Durant. You... All you should be doing is working on rehab 
and focusing on basketball, not not threatening people. Uh, he did later um, apologize to Michael Rappaport, saying that it was all well and good. Um, I was watching a little bit of first take early in the day, and he did um, apologize to Kev, to um, Michael Rappaport. So he did. Uh, so he did say that. Um, there's that. Um, he did take down that tweet. So. Um, I don't like he's like for Stephen A. Smith bringing up the whole um, Donald Sterling thing. Oh, he knows private conversation. He ain't going. He ain't gonna get banned. He's Kevin Durant. He's literally the most, arguably the most recognizable face in the NBA. He's a superstar. He's a two-time champion, two-time uh, former MVP, a two-time Finals MVP. He ain't. He, he's not getting that. Probably get a fine. Probably get a suspension or two. And then it's going to brush up like there's nothing. Like, and you should get suspended because you have to get the precedent. Because you can't be saying these things on social media. And this is why I don't understand. And I'm, I kind of, I'm bringing James Dolan to this because you're going to, you're going to be like, why does James Dolan do with this? I'll tell you why. James Dolan's a multi-billionaire. He owns Madison Square Garden. He owns the Knicks. He owns the Rangers. Like he, he basically, he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. And he's successful. But yet, when fans chant sell the team Van Dolan, he kicks him out. He kicks him out. He gets mad. Kevin Durant on Twitter. Someone says something negative about him. He gets mad. He gets engaging. Why do you care? You won. You got everything you ever wanted. You're, you got money. You got fame. You got acclaim. You got everything that most people would dream of. Why do you need to argue with the trolls? So what? If, if I argue with Kevin Durant, and I, I'm gonna get my 15. Um, I'm gonna get my 15 minutes of fame. Like, hey, look at me! He, he attacked me! Hey guys, I got him! I got him! I got Durant! I got him! You know, just like um, just like uh, James Dolan, I can say like, oh, oh, I got Dolan. He got banned. He kicked me out. I got him. Is that you don't need to engage with trolls. Leave the trolls alone. You're too rich and too famous to be arguing with people. And you're right. Like if um if you if you made a jokingly say that you're gonna kill me, and I know that you're joking, I gotta take that some level of seriousness. So I gotta report it. Now, obviously, Rapport brought the broke the rule about you know exposed. Screenshot the end, but hey, that's the risk you take. Don't engage with trolls. You guys are wealthy, so Kevin Durant, stop engaging with trolls. James Dolan, stop banning fans. You guys have too much money to be engaging with people beneath. Nah, bro, James Dolan, keep doing that. We love it out here. We we love that. That is Captain Petty. We like it. Hey, if you're dumb enough, because every. Every Nick fan know it's well documented. You say that you're getting tossed out. So why should James Dolan let those fans be stupid? Now, if 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 they say it and he never kicks people out, okay, keep saying it. But James Dolan literally tells you, if you say that, and if I really notice it, who who is coming from, you're going. To get kicked that's out. That's petty. That's petty. You but that's got his money. right. You got everything. It's, it's his. That's it's, petty. It's, it's his property. 
You're there. I don't you, care. You're there. You are there to watch a basketball game. And unless I'm checked, you are not the only one in that arena. So who do you think you are? And, and this is probably why he kicks him out. Who do you think you are ruining the experience for the other people that are there? It's not like the whole arena is saying it. Now, if it's the whole arena, he's not kicking Which has out. Happened. He, he's not, fun fact. He's not, fun he's fact. not kicking out. <laughs> the entire oh arena chanted Bell the team, and he drowned them out with music. So, he's petty. He's petty. Thanks for interrupting me. But if the whole arena announces sell the team, he's not kicking everyone out. But if it's a few clowns saying it, you are at one point ruining the experience of someone else who was there, maybe for the first time. So it's just not cool. And James Dolan, I'm with you, bud. You can kick these stupid fans out. And James tests that theory. The next Nick game you go to, I dare you to scream that out loud. And you'll probably get kicked out, and I'm all for it. I most likely won't, because I actually would like going to the Garden. Particularly when the Islanders come in and play the Rangers. I mean, Alright, like this that. is where we got to cut you off, because we're about to have on our wonderful guest, Mike Lindsley, head of ML Sports Platter. Guys, check out that pod. Let's do it. Guys, we are here with our returnee, Mike, Mike Lindsley, big Yankee fan. Again, guys, check out his podcast, The Sports Platter. Fantastic stuff. This is baseball Christmas Eve, man. This is the last day without baseball. We're having baseball tomorrow, four games on ESPN. So, Mike, how, how happy are you about this upcoming season? Well, I mean, you know, I think it's 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 great to have it back from the standpoint that, you know, I've just dealt with another five and a half months of winter, uh, like many others have others have, but you know, where I am there's a there's a heck of a lot more snow and, and, and wind and ice and all that sort of thing. I gotta be honest with you, man, I mean as far as baseball itself, um I'm I'm not as wildly excited uh, as I have been in past years. Um, unfortunately, I, look, I love the game. Uh, I'm a modernist and a traditionalist kind of by balance and by virtue. Uh, I'll watch all the Yankee games. Uh, I'll clue, you know, tune into a lot of other stuff. I'll clue, clue into the top storylines. I listen to all the shows. Uh, I watch the highlights every day. I check the box scores every day. I, you know, I'm into it every day. And I think that's the one cool thing about baseball is that every day there's something going on, which is really cool. Having said that, I just think the game's down. Um, I've been disappointed in the game. I'm disappointed in the commissioner. I'm disappointed in the analytics. And it's from a Yankee standpoint, I just don't see this year being any different. Um, I, I know what Yankee Twitter wants to tell each other. Uh, <laughs> but, but number one, Yankee Twitter is not real life. Uh, number two, there are a lot of people who are between the ages of 20 and 30. Or, or 15 and 35, yes. <laughs> uh, and they don't understand how a baseball team is built or should be built, and they continue to defend Gary Sanchez and continue to say that John Carlos Stanton's going to finally put it all together, right? And, and the pitching staff has got more people than 
you know, you, you think and uh, Kluba, you know, all, this, all the new nicknames are coming out, right? All the new, <laughs> all, all the new phrases and the nicknames and the BS, right? Like it, it wasn't too long ago we had savages and now we've got Kluba and this and that and the other thing. And then we've got another, you know, the, the, the 28, you know, whatever the heck the slogan is to get 28. Like it's just, it's getting old with this group. And speaking of getting old, Aaron Judge almost 30 years old. Sanchez is almost 30 years old. Giancarlo Stanton's got what feels like a million years on the contract. He's 32 years old. Uh, the Garrett Cole signing is a good one. They needed him. But he's going to show age in probably three or four years maybe, right? So there's a, there are a lot of guys. I mean, they have got to win this thing here pretty soon. And not to be like all negative Nancy here, but let's be honest, guys. I mean, is this the last opening day for us for a while? I mean, I, I don't have any confidence that these two blowhard sides, the owners and the players, can get their shit together, uh, you know, to, to, to play baseball in 2022. So, overall, uh, I'm, I'm not overly optimistic and excited about the sport and, and opening day. I am, There is a mini part of me that's glad to have it back from a spring perspective and, uh, you know, a normal season compared to last year and, and things from that standpoint, but... From a larger scale, I just don't. I'm just not as crazy into it um, as as I once was, and and it's unfortunate because I do. I love I love the sport so much, and I just want certain things to get back to being what baseball really is. Hey, Mike, it's James. Um, long time no chat, bro. Um, what no I gotta ask something, and I, I'm gonna make this quick. Um. Are the Yankees the best team in the American League? Simple question. <laughs> you know what? That That's a really, really great question, James, because, you, you know, you look around the league, and my, my, my first answer is, actually, you know what? Here, here it is. I, I have, I have, there's two answers to the question, and it's the same answer, the answers that I've given people the last, I don't know, five to eight years. 10 years in the regular season. Absolutely. Right. Like 162 game season, hitting a ton of home runs. They can feast on the three, four, five in the rotation uh, against, you know, a rebuilding Red Sox, rebuilding Orioles, horrendous AL central for the most part. You got a couple of weak links in in, in the West. They're going to hit a ton of home runs. They're going to score a lot of runs. They're going to win a lot of games, 10, seven. They can win games two, one here and there with Garrett Cole. So the regular season, sure. I mean, 95, 96, 97 wins. They're going to hit a bunch of bombs. They're going to get a bunch of ratings. They're going to make a lot of money. Yes, Network's going to kill it. But then in the postseason, my answer is no. (laughs) They're not the best team in the American League because all of those things that create the winning, right, like those don't exist in October. You know, the real world starts where you lack pitching, your bullpen's taxed. You don't get the two-out hit. I mean, you can't have DJ LeMahieu hit nine times, guys. So, um, I, I would tell you, yeah, in the regular season, I think so. But in the postseason, no. And, and I think the playoff, potentially the playoff team that's the best, could actually be the Houston Astros. In an American league that is very, very down, by the way, Lindor and Carrasco gone from Cleveland. Like I mentioned, the Central pretty weak overall. I know the White Sox are going to be pretty good in their upstart, but I'm very interested to see if Tony Larusa can actually get back and kind of manage in this modern game. And he's a he's a throwback guy with the analytics stuff. How much freedom will he really have? 
they have a young roster. Eloy Jimenez is out for a while. I know they got another youngster coming up. I think they still need to prove themselves. Maybe the Blue Jays are a year away, right? Like, you can't trust the Angels. The A's lose, you know, Hendricks and, and Simeon. I don't know, man. I mean, the AL is way, way, way down. The Rays lose Snell and Morton, right? The AL is way down. If there is a year also where the Yankees need to capitalize, not just because their window is now open, not just because they have talent, not just because they have Garrett Cole and they brought back a bunch of guys, it is also this year because the American League is really, really down. I don't trust this team past the regular season. My answer for you is yes until we get to October. See, Mike. This is why we love having y'all, man. You're awesome, and you've said a lot of stuff that I've said on this pod many, many times before, especially last night, right? DJ is not Bugs Bunny. He can't He can't bat one through nine, and that's, and that's the sad part. The Yankees are a home run or nothing. They don't change their approach. Of course, they got guys who can, but, but, but ultimately they're too stubborn. They don't do it. Corey Kluber once even said he's not particularly happy about Klubot. He's a grown ass man. Why does he need a nickname for? Why and 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 you're right. Yankee Twitter is 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 a lot of young kids, man. A lot of young kids who frankly probably don't remember 2009, except except it unless they bought that DVD. And the running and scoring position does not change in the postseason. They're not. They're not facing the Orioles in in the DSCS of the World Series. It's not happening. They're not facing the Rangers, and you're going to have Garrett Cole, and this scares me. And not too many people are talking about this. He's going from seventy-seven innings pitched to potentially anywhere from one eighty to two hundred and ten innings, and I'm worried about that. Now, now, sure, he's pitched two hundred plus before in his career, but don't you think that's a problem that he could go from seventy seven to that many innings this year? There, there's no doubt, and you know what's interesting, guys, is that the one the one hole for the Yankees was was what for the longest time it was an ace, right? Like right. they missed out, they missed out on Verlander, they missed out, you know, years and years and years ago, they they missed out just after they had. You mentioned 09, and that was a great team. And, you know, but they went out and shopped for Teixeira, Sabathia, Burnett, but they already had a bunch of guys already built in there. I mean, yeah. you had Studs and Jeter and Matsui and all that, but, but you had, but, you know, you had your ace in Sabathia. And then later, you know, the Yankees miss out on Cliff Lee because David Adams had a bad ankle and failed a physical. And for some reason, Brian Cashman wouldn't fill in Eduardo Nunez. He wouldn't put in. I, I mean, I don't care who you put in at that point. Cliff Lee is the ultimate postseason pitcher. What am I getting at? At that time, he was. What I'm getting at is this: is that they had Sabathia with Cliff Lee would have been dominating. And you need a two. We talk about a one a lot. You need a one. You need a two. And so the the, the Yankees. They needed a one for the longest time. They got the one, and now the rest of the pitching staff is like sort of this big, wild, frustrating question mark, right? Like Davey Garcia pulled in the, in, in the postseason, but he's a Yankee farmhand. Do you guys really trust that Brian Cashman and his farm system people will develop Davey Garcia? I love Davey Garcia. He's got the moxie. He's got the, he's got the repertoire. He's got the fastball. He dances a little bit on the mound. He's got the cool hair. He looks the part. 
He looks theatrical on the mound. I love that about him. But he's a Yankee farmhand. Loisaga. Feels like we've been waiting years for Loisaga. You know, we, Domingo Harmon, I know he's coming back from, from all the offseason stuff and, and off the field stuff. People can feel however they want about him. Uh, as far as on the field, he's had a good spring. But again, can they develop this guy? So when the Yankees got Cole, it was like, okay, this is it. This is the final thing, the missing link. And then all the other staff pitchers were a disaster. Like Hap was a mess, and Paxton was a mess, and 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 Tanaka started to show the age, right? And now, like, you don't know if any of the farm system guys can go. And so you're, to get back to your original question, like Garrett Cole <laughs> – you're, you can't ask Garrett Cole to be the ace and then the next guy, meaning he's not the one and two, man. He's like, he's the one. So leave it at that. And and, and a little bit of it, it is concerning to ask him to do more. It, it's, it's very concerning from an overall pitching standpoint, because again, over the course of a season, when you don't have a lot of pitching, you will get exposed in October. That's nice to fly another AL East banner. Great. Congratulations. I'm not saying you have to win it every year. You guys know that. But from a Yankee perspective, well north of $200 million on the payroll, all the resources, all the international scouting, everything they have at their disposal, you got to be built a little bit better in October if you're the New York freaking Yankees. And one of those ways is starting pitching, and I feel like between your question with Cole and the other guys, they're eventually going to get taxed, and that means the bullpen is going to get taxed, because we've seen it before. Um, Britain's already injured. Chapman starts with a couple of games suspension. Won't really matter, probably, in the long term, but he isn't performing in the postseason. I don't trust a lot of other guys. We'll see what O'Day and some other people can do to fill in for Adovino, but the starting pitching is a major, major problem, and if you're asking Garrett Cole to do more, I'm not sure... I don't, I'm not. I, I just. I'm not sure what that. How that helps you. I'm really not. I still think that the Yankees, when it's all said and done, are probably still going to be the better team, and they'll probably get to the World Series. But let's put. I'm a human here. If the Yankees get to the World Series, because I think this will probably be here, because I think the American League is so weak. Mm-hmm. Are they beating? Are they beating the Dodgers or the Padres or the Braves? the Mets, the Nationals, those are the five best teams I've got in my head. And I'll, and I'll even throw in the Cardinals and the Phillies team. So seven, I list you seven great teams. And the there, there's eight, there's eight, eight, there's eight, there, there's eight great teams. I got the Braves in there too. Um, sorry, and the Braves, I, sorry, and the Braves, they're, they're, Yeah, they're flying under the radar a little bit, Soroka back, and I just, I love that lineup. I love Okunia and LBs. They just got fireballers out of the bullpen and the staff. Um, wow, are they, are they going to beat... <laughs> In the World Series, I mean, here's here's what's crazy, right? I mean, that question on March 31st at quarter to eight on the East Coast, um, it, 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 before the 162 games, it's an awfully difficult question. What's crazy is in sports, and we see it more now than at any other time, like March Madness, right? I mean, UCLA isn't even a blip on the radar all year. They're at last four. They get to the final four. They got hot at the right time. If the Yankees can get, and I didn't even mention this name, Luis Severino. If Luis Severino, we've been waiting for him forever too, guys. I mean, we, we've been waiting for guys for a long, long time. A lot of guys, by the way, who everyone on this conversation, on this phone call, and Yankee fans 
across the world. They, they've been waiting for these guys to develop into the core, right, for, for this, this run here, for this group. Um, if they can get, like, a Luis Severino back and healthy, and that's a Joel, and Herman hangs in, and Cole is Cole, you know, and they start getting really, really strong, and the bullpen isn't taxed. Like, they're not going in every game in the freaking fourth inning, non-Garrett Cole, in maybe late August, just after Labor Day, right? And they get into the postseason, they may be able to match up with those other teams. They, they really might be able to. But if they get to the World Series by default, in terms of the AL being way down, uh, Garrett Cole, you know, had to win two games in the ALDS and two games in the ALCS, right? And and, uh, and they got lucky because they played, you know, maybe a, a down team in the ALCS or let's say Houston doesn't get Verlander back or whatever the case may be. And they get there and, then they, you know, they're not as hot and, and they're down and they kind of got away with a couple, right? Now, they're going to they're gonna get killed in the World Series. But again, it, 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 when you go into the postseason – it's how are you playing baseball at this current time? You know, how are you looking now? What's the team look like now? Have you been taxed? Is your starting pitching healthy? Blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I think they can win a World Series for sure. Uh, but they've been able to, we've been able to say that for over 10 years that they're, that they're able to win a World Series, but they're short on starting pitching and they're, they're short on timely hitting. And those things roll into October and you get exposed. The only thing I'm sick of saying, Aaron Judge plays good if he's healthy. That's one thing I'm, I, I, I just want people to stop saying. Um, let's do a little football. And this might have hurt you, you know, when, when you got to see the GOAT, the King of America, Tom Brady, win his seventh Super Bowl. How did you make that feel? How how did that make you feel, and what did you think of that game? Well, I mean, look, <laughs> he, he's he's unbelievable. I mean, he really is. I mean, ten appearances, seven rings is just it's mind boggling. <clears throat> you know, it's certainly something that we'll never see again. Um, you know, he certainly put the baby goat and all that talk kind of to bed for a little bit, you know, like how many rings are the Chiefs going to win? How many rings are Mahomes going to win? How many? <clears throat> Brady's like, yeah, I'll just take a seventh. Right. And so he was really, really good all year. I thought, you know, he's obviously not a great athlete in the pocket, but he's, he's never really been. And he kind of wondered how that would work with that Bruce Arians offense. Right. Because all year you kind of said, is Bruce Ar- are they going to run the Arians offense or the Brady offense? Right. Are they going to run the Patriot yeah. offense or the, or the, or, or the deep, Arians offense. And I remember coming on your guys' show, and I remember the question. You guys asked me about Tampa Bay. And I think we were, what, maybe eight, nine games into the season? And I had said, I don't know who the heck they are. And and I didn't know who they are going into the playoffs. I didn't know. And we found out who they were because it all gelled together. Just talking about the Yankees, you know, in the postseason, can it gel together? Can you get into the postseason? Can you be, can you, are you hot getting into the playoffs? Tampa Bay, Everything gelled together those last, you know, five, six, seven weeks. And what I was thinking during that game was this is a team that understands each other. They, When I came out of your guys' show and I told you I didn't know who they were, I, I don't know if they understood each other. But all of a sudden, 
you're looking at Levante David, and you're looking at Shaquille Barrett, and you're looking at these guys in the secondary. I mean, they have all these young linebackers and great core of secondary players, and they're flying around the ball. And all of a sudden, they're dominating defensively. And all of a sudden, the pass rush that we didn't know was this pass rush became the pass rush, right? Where they got veterans, Pierre Paul, and all the rest. If you get to Patrick Mahomes, okay, it was the same thing with Brady. If you get to Brady, we know. If you have a pass rush, if you can get to the quarterback, you obviously have a very, very, you have have a better chance of winning. But this team got a lot better, and they had a, a very good chance of winning in that game because they all started to understand each other. And Brady, who recruited... You know, Gronk there and Brown and Fournette and all these guys who are all coming back to run, right? They're bringing the band back together. It's a testament to Brady. It's a testament to his work ethic, how he practices like it's the last two minutes of a Super Bowl. Um, it's a testament to his leadership. It's a testament to him making people better. And I just, the guy is absolutely amazing. I mean, he really, really, truly is. And, I, you know, we won't see it again. We, we just won't. I mean, 10, 10 appearances in the Super Bowl is just mind-boggling. I mean, when you think about going 50% of, of your career to the Super Bowl, uh, it, it's it, it's un, it, it really is incredible. It's an incredible thing. I don't know how long this guy's going to play. Uh, obviously, 45 is on the table now. But, I mean, is this guy going to, is he going to push? Obviously, it's, you know. Dependent on the next hit, right? I mean, if he gets hit and he's injured, that's it. But say that about anybody. I mean, is he going to go 46, 47, 48 years old? I, you know, he, he's, he's spectacular. He really is. And by the way, one other thing on Brady is people who think that, you know, New England ran that dink and dunk, right? If you go back to the team that went undefeated until they lost to the Giants, if you go back to a lot of the teams where he had Deion Branch, he had Crack and Aaron Hernandez, he had you know, slot guys, of course, across the board. Tom Brady is throwing the ball down the field many, many times, many, many games, many, many playoff games before he even arrived in Tampa. So people who think that he just dinked and dunked his way through a Patriot system, they're full of shit. Real, real, (laughs) real quick before James' question, and this is something I thought of today when I was watching Undisputed and they was talking about Brady. And, and potential Bucks dynasty. I I'm not sure if I want to see an NFL without Tom Brady. I mean, I know it's eventually it's eventually going to happen. You know, you know. At one point, it's gonna it's gonna stop being fun for him, and it's gonna be work. He's gonna get to that point. Whether that's forty eight, whether that's forty nine, maybe by then. Maybe he has 10. But I'm sure there's a real goal that he truly wants to hit. He has to have a number. Whether that's an 8th ring or ninth ring. But I truly think every sport needs a villain. Every sport needs a Superman. And Brady, you, know, you know what's Brady's, funny about that? Uh, you know, I don't think he's a villain anymore. No, no, no. That, that's what I'm saying. I, like, like I, yeah, I yeah. think he's kind of both, right? Like... When he got drunk on the Super Bowl parade, people are now liking him, and it's Amazing. just, and it's just, I don't think the NFL, not only do they need him, kinda, but it's gonna be weird. It's gonna be really weird without Tom Brady, 
being around because he's not going to be in the booth. He's not going to coach a team. He's not going to be a quarterback coach. He'll he'll just be that rich man being a family man. So let's just enjoy this for as long as we can, whether you hate him or you like him. Enjoy it because once he's gone, it's going to be different. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, look, but, but Muhammad Ali retired, right? Like Michael Jordan retired. You know, Magic Johnson retired. I mean, Johnny Unitas retired. You know, Wayne Gretzky retired. I mean, it, everything happens that way. And, and by the way, I don't think he has a number at all. I don't think there's a number. I don't think it's eight. I don't think it's nine. I don't think it's 12 appearances. I think it's, I'm playing as long as I can and as long as I feel good. And I'm going to try to win as many rings as humanly possible until he's done. I mean, I think that's basically what it boils down to. I do understand where you're, where you're coming from with, the weirdness of the NFL. But here, here's what the NFL would tell you, right? The NFL would tell you this, this, what is it now? A, a, a 30 billion, what is, what are they up to? $30 billion. And I heard a bunch of stuff today from some, yeah, exactly. I, I heard, I heard some NFL insiders today on several shows talk about, you know, don't be surprised to see the NFL expand. And, you know, now we're going to 17 games. Watch out for 18 games. I mean, it's getting out of control. 17 games, 18 games. Watch out for expansion now because more games, more players, more this, more that. Are they going to go global? The NFL will tell you this. We ain't slowing down no matter what. Even if Tom Brady retires in two years, the NFL is still king. The NFL's ratings are out of this world. The NFL's matchups yep. are out of this world. And you still have Patrick Mahomes there. And you have a lineage of players. You still have great, great matchups. You still have awesome rivalries. You've got Thursday night. You've got the new Amazon thing coming out. You've got the Sunday games. You've got Sunday night football. I mean, the NFL is the number one most watched thing in America. Okay? It doesn't matter what the TV show is. It doesn't matter what's on on Tuesday nights, uh, Monday nights. It doesn't matter what's on on Sunday night. Sure. We're going to Sunday night football. We're going to Monday night football. We're watching the games during the day. You and I and, and every, you know, you guys and I and, and everybody else, we're going to the red zone in between, uh, you know, highlights uh, of <laughs> other games. Or, uh, you know, I'm going to the red zone, uh, you know, in commercial of my, of my bills. So, um, they'll be fine when Brady retires. But there will be some weirdness to it, I will say. I will say. Um... Uh, and I, this question is more, I'm going to parallel for you and for my team and your team. Now, I'm a Giants fan, and obviously Daniel Jones, this is this is a make-or-break year. The Giants went out and signed Kenny Galladay. They're probably going to drop another receiver. They want, they want to add more weapons for Daniel Jones so that so they can see the, they can see him if he is actually the guy. Another question for your team, Josh Allen, his first two years were terrible. Then they added weapons, and now Josh Allen took off. Could you see Daniel Jones being similar in his third year, what Josh Allen was in his third year, having a breakout season, and he'd be the franchise quarterback that the Giants hoped he would be? I don't think he'll have a breakout year similar to Allen, um, and I think for, for a couple of reasons. One, I think that the weapons the Bills surrounded Allen with are far greater than the giant weapons. Uh, no disrespect to Kenny Galladay. Uh, Saquon Barkley comes back from the ACL, right? Like, no disrespect to bringing in Kyle Rudolph. Um, but I just don't have it. Right, yep, Shepard, Ingram, yep, all those guys. But... I don't 
I, I just don't see the roster anywhere near what the Bills were. I mean, anywhere near the wide receivers. I mean, you're dealing with Stephon Diggs, who was arguably the best receiver in football last year. Cole Beasley, the best slot receiver. <laughs> you know, they stole Gabe Davis in the fourth round, and he's going to be even more of an impact this year. You know, I, I don't think that it will be to that level. Now, having said that, I think Daniel Jones can be pretty good. I really do, and I think it is unfortunately for the Giants guys. I think it's I think it's off of Saquon. I think if Saquon can come back to being Saquon, he's hundred percent. Rushes for a thousand to thirteen hundred yards, whatever the case may be. Use him in the screen game. You know, you utilize him as that kind of McCaffrey piece, or right? just basically a Barkley piece before he went down. You know, everything opens up, right? And, and I think Jones is really good when he's in play action. He can throw on the run a little bit. And again, a lot of it's dictated on the offensive line as well. And the Bills also brought in a ton of pieces on the offensive line to help Josh Allen. I mean, they signed Deion Dawkins on the left side after drafting him. He's their franchise blindside guy. They brought in Mitch Morse. John Feliciano's been a really versatile guy on the line. So I think that this team, the Giants, I think Jones has a ton of potential. I just don't know if it'll get to the level of Josh Allen. Uh, but I'm interested to watch Daniel Jones. I kind of like I kind of like his game, and I think at Duke, you know, he came from a nice little pedigree with David Cutcliffe as well. Um, he's got some nice potential, you know, and he's uh, you know he's still very very young. He's only 23. Um, real yeah. quick before we get you out of here, um, G- you know, Gino Oriema had the perfect clapback for what LeBron said after the Baylor UConn game. UConn another Final Four. A, lo- a lot of people are making that foul the thing. What did you think of that game? Well, the game, you know, look, the game was great. And I mean, obviously, I, you know, I, I know there's been a lot of controversy at the end with the foul and, and all that sort of thing. I, I thought there was contact there. Um, I'm not a big fan of, you know, it's at this moment, so swallow the whistle, right? Like, I'm a huge hockey guy, playoff hockey. You know, first, second, third periods, you know, they call maybe four or five penalties, and then in overtime, a guy gets pulled down, you know, five minutes in. I mean, dragged down. It's a blatant penalty, and they don't call it because it's overtime, right? Oh, let them play. Listen, if there's contact, there's a penalty. I don't care when it is. It's a penalty. If a foul, if a foul is there, a foul is there, right? So, uh, I, I just, I don't think timing and games matter. I, I think it, 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 it matters. I think it's basically a. If it's a foul, it's a foul. If it's a penalty, it's a penalty. Um, but as far as the game goes, I mean, my goodness, I mean, many people were 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 turned away from the the you know the men's tournament, and they went to Baylor UConn and and Gino and UConn what they built is is amazing. I mean, look, Pat Summit, Tennessee, Gino and UConn. When you build a program that way for five to well, not even five years, but even three years, three to four years, you get everybody. And the women's game isn't as competitive. It's not as balanced because it's just so top-heavy. And a lot of that has been from a UConn standpoint. I don't know if that's great for the game, but what UConn has done has been amazing. I mean, you look at Tarasi, you look at Lobo, you look at Sue Bird. Uh, Brianna Stewart, who played basketball five minutes up the road from where I'm sitting right now at CNS High School, just north of Syracuse. You know, she started there and might arguably be the, the, the best player in UConn history. I watched them from afar and been very impressed, and I was just super excited uh, for the women's game and, and um, you know the landscape of, of women's basketball has come a long way. I covered it at St. Bonaventure for a few years. 
covered the A-10. And by the way, congrats to Dawn Staley uh, with South Carolina, who's now in the Final Four. She uh, she coached Temple when I was at St. Bonnie. And wow. uh, really happy to see really happy to see her success. She's a tremendous pioneer as well for uh, not just women, but, but black women uh, in the industry uh, and, and young girls all, all across the board who are, you know, African-American looking to, to break into the business and coaching or, um, you know, their walks of life, even as players. Uh, and I think that it's just fantastic that she's been coaching this long and has been such an ambassador for the game. So kudos to her and, and obviously kudos to the women's game for just having a sensational tournament. Well, Mike, um, I know you got to run, but I wish you, um, thank you for coming on. Um, I'm sorry that your favors are the worst team in the NHL. Well, hang on now. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. As we record this, they're up 2 nothing in the first, so you guys can text me later after the 5-3 to three loss, okay? No, no, don't worry. Don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know that the Bills are going to roll and leave us like they did against the Flyers, so my apologies. <laughs> the they're, they're terrible. But listen, listen. Losing Bill's character. Just remember, it builds a lot of character. But, uh, but we really do appreciate you having you on. Thank you again so much for giving us a moment of your time, man. And we'll have you back again real soon. We'll probably have you on before the draft. Guys, always open to coming on. Appreciate you thinking of me. And, uh, you know, let's uh, let's keep getting the games going. It's been great to have them all back. Have a great Easter as well. And uh, we'll talk soon, man. Yes, sir. Have a good Take Easter. Care,